you're listening to Agile Ideas, the podcast, hosted by Fatima Abuchi. Episode 15, Royal Commission Fallout. Who is left catching the ball? Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Agile Ideas, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you all had a pleasurable break over Easter and had time to recharge your batteries. Before we kick off, I just wanted to say that I hope you're having an okay day today. And if you're not, please note that there is help out there. Today I wanted to speak a little bit about the FSRC or the Financial Services Royal Commission into Banking um, in Australia. That concluded this year. Now, the whole Royal Commission into banking was in relation to alleged misconduct and actually investigating that a little bit further. The whole purpose of the Royal Commission's, well, the central task and focus of the Commission was to inquire into and report on whether there was any misconduct um, of these financial services entities and whether any of these, whether any of their conduct um, and the whether whether any of their conduct practices, behavior, or business activities rather, by those entities fell below community standards and expectations. The actual final report was very detailed, um, and you can access that online. And there will be some information in the show notes um, about the report itself. But some of the key elements of the report, from our perspective. Um, or from my perspective, is really around the underlying presence of culture or absence of culture or culture issues um, that exist in these organisations. I mean, when you think about what's happened in terms of reading the report and looking around, looking around from the perspective of governance, there was a lot of issues. Uh, and I think that more effective governance frameworks and controls could really help to reduce or prevent some of the issues from occurring. When I think about some of the issues that were identified, well, with the governance hat on, which is the, the space that Agile Management Office plays in quite closely, we see that there's quite a, quite a disconnect between the roles and the responsibilities. When we think about misconduct, you know, it was rewarded in the form of incentives or bonuses rather than compliance with law and proper standards. When we think about how people behaved or individuals rather behaved or acted, it's because they felt that they could. When we think about how misconduct can be deterred, well, misconduct is only deterred if it's detected, denounced denounced and justly punished. And it's also really necessary to look into the future as well as to the past because in addition to the individuals who have been accused of alleged misconduct through this Royal Commission and, and you know, generally speaking, um, these some of these organisations are part of that um, alleged misconduct and, and referenced in that report. It's also partially and, and, and really centres around boards, senior executives who bear the primary responsibility for what has happened because close attention must be given to the culture, their governance and the remuneration practices. Now, that's a highlight summary from the report itself in terms of the areas of which were highlighted as key takeaways. And when you think about some of the challenges that were identified during this Royal Commission and the report itself, you have to ask yourself, what, what is actually 
being done. I mean, who is catching the ball post this Royal Commission? What is changing? And who is accountable? Is anybody actually accountable? There's no one person accountable for fixing or preventing these sorts of issues happening again. And when you don't have accountability, it makes it really difficult to solve for these problems. The other challenge I find is that as these banks and financial institutions go ahead and go forward in trying to work out ways to prevent another Royal Commission in future, they really need to think about preventative maintenance measures. When you think about about preventative maintenance, it is so critical in some organisations and some industries rather. For example, in aviation or construction, preventative maintenance could well prevent death and serious injury. Now, just because death and serious injury are highly unlikely in some industries such as financial services, it doesn't mean preventative maintenance isn't required. And I think these banks and financial institutions really need to rethink their approach to governance and look at ways that they can embed delivery governance, operational governance and organisational governance, seeing them all as one and integrating the culture across these areas to ensure that good culture and proper governance can be implemented in a way that it changes the rules, the systems and the practices, but more more importantly, depends upon those people applying it. Now, when you think about governance, governance itself is interconnected across the organisation. And there has been many, many instances where I have worked with organisations who treat governance in one division um, different to another di- you know, division or cross-departmental governance um, doesn't really exist. And when you think about the organisations that are treating governance um, in isolation of one another in, in their integrated, sorry, in their insular silos, you actually realise that there's quite a lot of overlap that is applicable because governance itself can't be changed simply by passing new rules and regulations but it's actually how your teams work together to improve the culture that's associated with governance. People need to see governance as a beneficial thing to prevent issues from arising rather than uh, a control measure that is there to make your life difficult or to add you know, challenges to your day or add time to your workload. It's not about that. Governance itself, think of it as a really large umbrella with lots and lots of smaller sections of other governance. And these sections depend on the industry that you are in. But when we think about the fact that poor governance was fundamentally and significantly part of the challenges that helped to drive the Royal Commission, that would be a really good place to start when thinking about a proposed solution and a way forward for these organisations. I mean, if we think about that for for how we can approach this in in order to help these organisations manage the fallout, well, we can start by identifying all of the aspects of governance that are interrelated across an organisation. Because governance itself is not isolated. It's something that is is basically a bridge across your organization from the very top of your organization at your board and CEO level all the way down. 
And I've seen too many instances where organisations actually focus on governance in isolation of, of one another. So the intent is there, but the actual execution sometimes is a challenge. Then we need to think about how does governance and oversight of governance take place from department to department as the flow of that information extends further beyond the reaches of an organisation. What are the measures that we have in place to enable us to have a supportive governance approach, which in, includes oversight and, and, and quality assurance? Then we need to think about how we hold those teams accountable to proactively prevent issues from arising. And one way of doing that is actually by enabling your teams to speak openly and candidly about issues that may have arisen. If teams don't feel confident in speaking up, then you're going to be covering up some of the challenges um, and, and the hurdles that some of the people in your organization are facing that will no doubt uh, cause you to have more of an issue longer term. I mean, one of the ways to do that is to stop thinking about governance as a segregated um, activity across an organization, but rather an integrated activity. You know, stop with the, I've done my bit, let's toss it over the fence when it comes to governance. That's a behavior that needs to be stamped out because at the end of the day, if an organization succeeds, the people working for that organization are also better off. And if an organization is not succeeding, then those people that work for that organization will also be worse off. Because at the end of the day, when we're working for these organizations, we want the best for them and we want them to succeed. Otherwise, why would we be working there? I think also we need to make sure that there is an, at least a basic awareness of governance. Governance itself is, is sometimes misunderstood in organizations. And I think that until governance is better understood, it's going to be really hard for people within your organization to adhere to the rules and requirements and the you know the guidelines that are there to help them you know be be more effective when it comes to governance i think that regulatory bodies as well um, need to look at not just the done elements uh, when when looking at how organizations respond around the governance but ensure that it can be reviewed and measured as well there's no point in asking you know organizations institutions themselves to to meet certain requirements if those requirements are not going to be reviewed and measured and i know that there are definitely regulators out there that do have requirements of these banks and financial institutions but how much do they do with the information that is actually provided to them i'm not quite sure there are various mechanisms for these organizations to manage the governance, but I think one of the most important governance um, approaches is to ensure consistency across an organization. And to do so, it needs to be a well-coordinated, consistent and a collaborative approach. Governance, you know, traditionally is a team or a person or depending on what function you work in. I've come from a project management office background and the project delivery space. And, you know, often governance itself is seen as a, um, you know, dictatorship with a particular person running a function, often referred to as a PMO, telling everybody what they need to do and bossing everyone around and controlling how, you know, projects are delivered and whatnot. Now, that's a really traditional way of looking at things. <coughs> Excuse me. But I think that when you have good governance, 
it's integrated well. It's well coordinated. It's consistent and it's done in a collaborative way. Because as I mentioned earlier, without ensuring that people have an understanding and an awareness of what it means to be gov- to be you know part of the governance, um, the governance circle, and being being someone who's responsible and accountable as well to help the organisation meet their requirements um, and support the preventative maintenance um, activities that I think are really necessary. Without doing those sorts of things and understanding the governance, it's going to be really challenging for those individuals to know how they fit in. So that's five sort of key aspects of how I think that these organisations can manage the fallout, Um, identifying the aspects of governance and and understanding and then using that information and in parallel to that looking at the culture because I think culture and governance are quite closely aligned. Um, You need to have good culture in an organisation so people can work respectfully and collaboratively together to ensure that governance requirements are met regardless of whether they're internal governance requirements or governance from regulators or other stakeholders. I think that in order for banks and financial institutions to be aligned, there needs to be a clear information and knowledge management strategy as well that underpins the outcomes from the review and the recommendations identified. This includes alignment between both the regulators and the institution themselves. Now, there are many, many regulators and peripheral players that are involved and the complexity around this is quite significant. But in order for the banks and the financial institutions to make sure that they are able to align, there needs to be a clear awareness of what the requirements are and how organisations collectively can work to respond to the requirements Um, and the recommendations as a result of the Royal Commission. Part of the problem, I think, is the fact that those responsible for preventing and reporting on the misconduct are also one and the same. I mean, we need to look at things from a different angle and address ways to help these institutions to be more accountable and collaboratively working with them. And to do so, we need to look at solving problems from the inside out rather than the inside out from the outside in as well. I think that in order to move forward, organisations themselves should really come together with the regulators and think about who's actually accountable, who's catching the ball and who's going to make sure that there isn't another Royal Commission. With so many institutions and so many regulators, who is bringing it all together? Who is going to make sure that the alignment between these institutions and regulators and other stakeholders can happen? At our job management office, we have a call to action proposal for these peripheral players And that is about improving the culture within your organisations and using a framework that we've identified to support that. We hope that improving the culture will naturally help you to be better governed. If you'd like to know more about anything discussed in today's podcast, please do reach out via any of the social media channels and also can be emailed. 
I think that more needs to be done in this space. At the moment, it's been not not that evident in terms of what is happening. There was a lot of discussion around the Royal Commission itself, but now that it's been done and the report is coming out, I am wondering who is left holding the ball. Who's left catching the ball, rather? Who is going to be accountable and what is going to be done? Forget the fluffy stuff. What is actually going to be done? What is the approach to better the governance so that we don't have a repeat of last year's Royal Commission? Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope there were some insights. I hope you've been able to feel, think or be inspired from anything discussed today. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Have a lovely day.